episode 75 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent, and I'm joined by Jason. Hello. Hello. 75, that's like another one of those milestone numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're 25 away from 100. Yeah. And our, uh, and our interview with, uh, James Hetfield and Axl Rose at the same time will finally happen on episode 100. Yeah. That's, we're just kind of letting you guys know now we got it, we got it confirmed, so... Lofty it, goals, but yeah, you got it confirmed. It, it's all good. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen. So, <laughs> episode one hundred, be on the lookout. Yeah, but Just, episode seventy five. Yes. Right now, more importantly, <laughs> is Fist of Rage. Yes. Fist so of Rage. We're officially dubbing this the podcast of Rage. Po- uh, yeah. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Yes, right? it was. Do you remember? You remember a few years ago when they played Rocklahoma and. Our, at our campsite, everything was of rage. I forgot about the that. The koozie yeah. of rage. It's like the first time we saw him, so then, yeah. Yeah, so... We should have told him this. I, I know. Well, I just it just came to me <laughs> now for some fucking reason. Yeah. So, like, yeah, everything... You had the beer koozie of rage. Beer koozie of rage. The tent yeah. of rage. I don't know. Just the, everything was of rage. Yeah. yeah, the bug spray of rage. It was yeah. great. Yeah. How did we forget that? <laughs> well, we're telling you guys now. This is how much we love you guys. It's everything of rage. Yeah, let's bring it back. Yes, we are. It's happening. And we're starting with the podcast of rage. Fuck yes. Featuring V, Paulette, Andy, and Josh. That's right. All four members of Fist of Rage. We've got a great interview coming up here in a bit. Like, And I think it was close to an hour, or at least an hour maybe. Yeah, it was great. Good stuff. Before we get into that, we wanted to talk a minute about Zach Wilde. Yes. Because I went to the show last night in Oklahoma City. And just to preface it, if you're not familiar, he's on tour right now solo. Even though he's solo, it's basically Black Label Society on stage. Yeah, exactly. But it's dubbed the Zach Wild Solo Tour because the whole set is songs from Book of Shadows, his first solo album, and Book of Shadows 2, his new solo album. And it's like 15 songs, half and half from each album. Okay. Great stuff. You know, I must tell everybody this is like my favorite album of all time besides Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. You know, or Master Puppets. Besides those couple big ones, this is it for me. This is like, you know, the perfect, you know, it's not the perfect album if you want to be in a joyous mood, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? It's just perfect music. Yeah, it is. And I know that you're, it's high up on your list as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it featured this, this album, Book of Shadows came out, what, 95, 96? 96. Yeah. And it, and it features, I mean, I think to this day and ever, it features Zach Wilde's best playing. Yeah. And I can tell you that, you know, it, it, it was just crazy. I remember it coming out and thinking, oh, you know, this guy's got a solo album out, you know? But then you listen to it and it was so impactful on us. And you, I, I, I didn't, I mean, I loved Zach Wilde cause you know, I loved Pride and Glory and I loved Ozzy, <clears throat> but that, that album, like I said, it was such an impact on me. And I mean, it, he was one of the guys, he, you know, from, from then on, he was up there with Metallica and Megadeth and Typo Negative And I mean, just as my favorites. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we never looked back and, you know, he's just grown and grown and grown. And, uh, so I, I'm, I'm really glad he's revisiting all this. 
Yeah, I never uh, really thought, you know, I think we mentioned this before, but I never thought it would happen. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. And and I it sucks that I missed the show, but, you know, stuff happens. Right. Hey, at least you went. And, <laughs> uh, you know, like I was going to, we were talking about a little bit ago, uh, talk about it. I mean, I saw a lot of pictures of him doing electric, and I thought it was acoustic, and just kind of go into it. Well, before you mention that, Mentioned that, you know, that we saw him on that tour the first time. Yeah, the Unblackened tour. No, I meant 96. The, oh, the, that the Shadows tour, tour, yes. Yeah, oh, and definitely. all that was was him and Nick, you know, the original rhythm guitarist of Black Lives Society, mm -hmm. before BLS came out. Yeah. You know, he was on tour with Zach on that, and it was just them two on stage, and that was it. Yeah. They had acoustic guitars, and Zach had an electric he played on occasion, and then the piano yeah. that Zach would play when it called for it. And, yeah. But, yeah, so this one... Was different because it was a full band. Yeah, but uh, Dario was playing acoustic most of the time. Really? Not all the time, but almost almost any time he had a guitar, it was acoustic. Okay. Sometimes I think there was a couple times he had electric, but and most anything that required piano, Dario played. Okay. Except for uh, well, you saw the picture I posted on Instagram. Yeah. Obviously, Zach did some. He did it on Road Back Home, and then he did it on The King. Okay. And I think one other new song. But all the rest of the piano stuff, Dario took care of. And then Zach just... There were some of the songs that, you know, like Between Heaven and Hell, where that's just straight acoustic. Yeah. It had its... It was acoustic for most, but then, like, the middle, he just, like, rocked it up. Yeah. And there was a couple of songs he did that, too. And, of course, you know, there's already the songs, like, Throwing It All Away or Sold My Soul or Road Back Home that already have the electric in them. And then a few songs on a new album, but he, you know, it pretty much, it pretty much was electric guitar for the most part. But it was there were clean points, and there was also way more improvisation. Like yeah. the first song they opened with was "Soul My Soul," and I'm not exaggerating; it was ten minutes long. I bet. And if it, he played almost the whole song, and then the last like six minutes of the song was a solo. And then the last 30 seconds was like the chorus again. <laughs> it was amazing. And then later on, he played uh, Throwing It All Away from the first album. And, you know, the intro has that piano part and then that guitar solo. Yeah. But then the guitar solo on that was probably a good five to seven minutes long. And he went into the crowd and went out, you know, where the soundboard is at Diamond. He went clear out there and... uh you know, so everybody's surrounding him. You could barely see him unless you're right over there. Yeah. But he played a, you know, a huge extended solo for that and then came back up on stage and then played the song, <laughs> throwing it all away. <laughs> well, how did it, you know, how did he go out into the crowd? Because was there a barrier? Did he yeah. just jump over it with his guitar or what? Yeah. From I saw him go down and I thought he was just going down into that middle part. Yeah. And then he just walked because, you know, they've got the barrier and then they've got like a gate over there. So yeah. he came out and he came out the gate on the side and he wasn't. He wasn't wireless, so his roadie guy held up the cord, and he walked clear out there, and then someone else, I guess it was probably someone else that worked with him, was holding up the cord in the middle of the crowd, so two people were holding the cord so he could go halfway across oh the diamond. Oh, my God. So if you couldn't see where it was, you just followed the cord, and then I kind of got over there to where I could see him a little. And, That's you know, insane. Maggie and Becky were both over there, and they got real close, like yeah. within two people, and you know, so it was just, it was kind of, I know he does that like at the Hendrix thing and yeah. stuff like that, but, you know, I just thought it was cool how he made, I mean, he always does that. He adds 
obviously Zach Wilde, he adds solos to stuff, but yeah, he really made those songs even more epic than they already were. Yeah, by getting out there and connecting with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, you can thank Buddy Guy for that. <laughs> right. He knew I was going to bring that up. <laughs> <clears throat> well, that's that's great, man. Um, And, you know, uh, that's just, uh, God, I, I, I don't know. I'm speechless. All I can say is I wish I went. Yeah. You know? It's one of those things that, like, if you go to this because you're a Black Label fan and you never follow solo stuff, you're probably sitting there like, you didn't know a single song, which yeah. I thought was great. He didn't put in anything. I'm glad. That was that I'm was glad there be was one no of my questions. There yeah. was no in this river or stillborn or anything thrown in there to appease the masses. It was the Book of Shadows one and two tour, and this is it. That was it. That's and great. I mean, but the funny thing was, his merch his merch table was 100 percent Black Label Society, and then the Book of Shadows two CD and record were for sale. Really? But he had no, like, T-shirts or any other stuff from Book of Shadows or solo stuff. It was all just BLS stuff. What's that about? No wonder. Because it sells. There were people walking around with those T-shirts. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, they're not stupid, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, you know, it's we're still the Black Label Oklahoma chapter, <laughs> even though it's a Zach Wilde solo. <laughs> and he did give a longer introduction to each guy than he normally does. Really? Which I thought was funny. But Well, that's cool. Yeah, it was definitely a highlight for... Me personally, just because of how much that album meant to me and how much I love the new album as well. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you had said that, like, it was one of the best solos ever. Did he do, like, a some kind of, you know, just, you know, exclusive guitar solo that was badass or something? No, I just mean, like, those, well, those ones those, I talked about, those breaks, extended, okay. it just, yeah. maybe it's because, you know, I mean, every time you see it, you walk away thinking, well, that was badass. Yeah. But maybe it's just because he was doing it in songs that meant so much more to me than he's normally doing it in. Because yeah. as much as I love Black Label, it still doesn't mean as much to me as Book of Shadows yeah. does. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that it was happening in those songs maybe just made it seem more amazing to me than nice. than it was. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. That'll work. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely you definitely missed one. I did. I did. But, but I got double time at work. Yeah. And so I had to do that. But 10 years from now, you're not going to remember Double Time at Work. You'll remember missing Book of Shadows. <sighs> Thanks. Thanks, man. All Thanks right. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, sorry. Had to do it. So, anyway, people, go get Book of Shadows 2 or even 1 if you haven't ever yeah, heard it. no kidding. Do yourself a massive favor. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, another favor you can do yourself is to go on Fistbook. Like that? Go on Fistbook and... Follow Fist of Rage and find out what these guys are up to. They've played some shows recently here in the area. They're playing in Oklahoma City in right under two weeks. Saturday, July 23rd, opening up for the Bullet Boys. That's right. So you can get... I couldn't think of something clever to say. I was going to try to incorporate Rage into Smooth Up In You, but I couldn't get it. I couldn't do it. Sorry. You could get a fist Smooth a fist, Up In they, you. No, yeah. Fist, fist up of in Rage you. Fist Up In, in You. you. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Or just fist up in you. you know? Fist up in you, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so get out there to that if you're in the, the Oklahoma area or even Texas. Drive up there to see that. Chasing Jenny is also on that show. There's okay. great opening bands. So do it. Yeah. So we went out to Nowata, which is where V works as a business, and they invited us in. That's where their practice space is. And we... Had all four of them there and talked to all of them. And we laughed a lot more than 
we have on many of these, I think. I, we did, and yeah. that's that's great. Um, you know, I you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm awkward and shy around people I don't know yet, <laughs> and so it was just cool to be put at ease and just laugh. And uh, these guys, you know, love each other. They love to laugh. Uh, it was just a great. It was a great time. Yeah, yeah. You can always tell whenever. <clears throat> I mean, I haven't been around when we're doing this. Bands, you, I don't think, don't like each other. But you can always tell whenever people really like each other and yeah. they're really close. And yeah. it's like, you know, even Josh, who they talked about, has only been in the band a few months. You know, all four of them just seem like just good friends hanging out. Yeah. It didn't seem like, you know, we're just here, we're a band, we're trying to do this interview. You know, it just seemed more real, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, definitely. Well... We talked enough. Should we just get into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. All four members of Fist of Rage. Yeah, giving blowjobs on the street corners for black tar heroin. Chapping no, my ass. The truth is, Josh is the problem. <laughs> I am. The new guy is always the problem, right? His lips are the new problem. <laughs> we were supposed to do it Friday. Oh, that's right. You guys know. You know about that. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, we're good. We're here. We're good. I got a retail job. It varies week to week. It sucks. Plus, so you gotta get rid of your uh, your surfer haircut, your surfer dude haircut. Dude, it looked respectable. You know, it's a work in progress, obviously. It's a lot of work. Going for a full makeover tomorrow. How uh, how often do you guys try to practice during the week? Uh, usually, all practices are during the week. I know that's. Honestly, what it's been like, and I'll just do a rundown for the last three years, because we've constantly, you know, this prior to Josh, we've been bringing in and auditioning, so our practices were sporadic, and because he lives like an hour and a half away and you know he's got that talent like hey I'm the lead singer you guys don't need me to sound good <laughs> you guys started I'll be an hour and a half late <laughs> Sebastian Bach it's not it's my not job my it's not my, my job to break in the drummers <laughs> did that answer your question <laughs> Because I, I kind of, I'm like a, pond, a flat rock on a pond. I just skip across from one point to the next. It don't work. All good. Next thing you know, I'm ordering the Roy Park big guitar notebook. Or big note guitar book. There it is. So this is like a hefty drive of every time you practice, right? For all of you, except for you. It's a heavy commitment for t- me too. Come on now. <laughs> Mostly for Andy. Yeah. Close to it. Yes. 
Yes. It takes me 45 minutes for, for some reason. Hey, I don't know. A, simp a simple yes will answer that yes. question. Yes. <laughs> well, possibly. <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of times, a lot of times, practice will run into fucking midnight or better, and whenever he's got an hour and a half drive back home. So, like I said, prior to Josh, when, I was, when we were bringing people in to audition, I really w didn't want him there to all of them, in case it was a waste of his time anyway, because there's, there's a learning curve anyway. So, but normally speaking, it's in the week, but it varies depending on you know, Andy's 28-day cycle. Every 25 days. 25. <laughs> and even but, then, but we get really serious two days before the show. That's when we start practicing hard and heavy. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> so you've been doing this since 2007 or eight? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what would you say? The band is now compared to it was then, since it's totally different, personnel-wise at least. Um, well, let me start from the top. I think this man's vocals are prime. They're they're what have given this this new album that comes out. When you hear the the Fear album and you hear this one, it's really going to be like two different bands because his, you know. I love Sam, you know, on Fear and all that stuff, but his vocals just fit the music a lot better. Um, as far as Paulette on bass, that girl bleeds. She don't even eat Fist of Rage because she's too busy working for Finn to get Fist of Rage rolling. Couldn't have a better partner. And Josh, well, he may not be around very long. <laughs> Drummer 18, 19's coming soon, I'm sure. We just now started calling Josh. Yeah, he was like like 12. 12. He was 12 for the first eight weeks. <laughs> you put up those ads on Final Tap? <laughs> no. no. We, we're a little more sophisticated than that. We go, we go to the bars when it's closing time. And, and they, uh, <laughs> and, and you just sit back and you scan the audience and and the one guy back in the corner goes, oh, those fuckers suck. I could do better than that. Then you go, hey, so you play? <laughs> well, that's kind of how that went down. But no, I'm, especially camaraderie-wise, I, I think Josh is an excellent fit. And I think he has skills we have yet to tap into because... He's just at the point where he's getting acclimated to the songs to where he can fuck around, you know, during the song because he don't have to think about it and do his own shit, so. Yeah, we brought him on board right before Rock Oklahoma, so we were focusing on what we were doing for that weekend. And now, moving into... Yeah, he, he stopped taking notes in between songs at practices. Mm -hmm. That's a good song. <laughs> yeah, yeah now, he's, now he's just cutting lines. <laughs> Took me a little while to get to those. <laughs> yeah. And Andy's like, you can lose weight faster if you just don't eat. <laughs> yeah. 
cost as much. <laughs> you maintain muscle a little longer. <laughs> well, you're talking about this album. Uh, what's the status on that, and how's that kind of shape? It, I mean, it is almost there. We're, I think, all the close the tracks are are laid. If memory serves me, um, one left. One left. One left. And and there's two or three of them. We got to go in there and just nip and tuck mm-hmm. something there that we want to do a little different, but. Man, it's it's almost there, and now that we've got Josh full time, so we don't have to uh, spend half our time auditioning. Yeah. Everything we do is pushes us forward, as opposed to just keeping us treading water. Well, nothing <coughs> nothing is going to stop this album this time besides death, because I call it the fist curse. We're either going to close a bar down, or Play at a funeral, or I was going to say <laughs> death was there. <laughs> it's usually yeah. right around the corner, and it's usually happening in our band. Not necessarily death per se, but uh, our drummers tend to fly the coop. It's everyone else can stay, but the drummers go. It's just the weirdest phenomenon. And Josh is finally. Well, on that note, this is filled that the last in. show for me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't die, man. Hey, just thank God it's happy hour. That's three bucks. <laughs> Double bubble. <laughs> and that's that Arkansas beer. I don't know what that means. I think, <laughs> that means. I think it tastes, tastes like your sister. <laughs> that's messed up, man. It is. My bad. I meant yes. You saw my sister. You really messed up. <laughs> So if your sister looked better, it tastes better? Now, I didn't know your sister was down, but I was just referring to the Arkansas thing. Brothers and sisters. I didn't know you had a guilty conscience. I didn't know you were struggling with inner demons. That's my bad. (laughs) 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 Segway into the next part. So far, we have nothing we can use. <laughs> oh, it's all going in. Every minute. <laughs> so, we're all the you have all the drums recorded, or is you having him recut any of stuff? Or? He's yeah, he's re, had an opportunity to recut or cut some of them. I, I've what was there going to be twelve or thirteen songs on this track or on this album? I think thirteen. Yeah, I think thirteen. And 13. it's it's eleven different drummers. <laughs> it's not far off. Twelve, man. 12 remember. <laughs> and uh, and it's probably more me than because I know Josh has said we need, oh yeah we got to recut all the drums and I'm like let's get this CD done. There's a whole pile of songs waiting in limbo, and for, you know fortunately we've been able to squeeze a few of them in. Because it's been drug out so long, but there's still a whole another CD just waiting in the realm. As soon as we get this, yeah. Out, you know. Wow. So, but I, I want. I mean, it's because it's been what five years. 
four years. Four years. Since uh, fear. And oh, fear is five, I want this, I especially for the, the fans that have have hung around and and just anticipating and waiting. I don't, I mean, I want it to be the product that they've been waiting for, which I think, I think it's going to be. Well, and I mean, even if we don't end up recutting the tracks on the drums, we've got some awesome drummers that are going to, you know, that are featured on this. <laughs> like Eleven, Eleven like was 11. good. Yeah, we've got a former drummer from THC on here. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Two yeah. was fine. He was all right. It'd be like that Santana album, but with drummers. Yeah. That was one of the songs, like five and nine, really stuck out to me. They were tough to learn. And also, Scepter out of Texas, their drummers featured on this album. Enslaved by Fears drummers featured on the album. We've got a taste of. Got a, we've got a few names. I think it's an interesting. It's going to be an interesting album. It is, and the album is a whore because of it. <laughs> is that the name of it? That should be the name of it. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> now, well, we've been uh, holding back on the title of it. Um, a because because um, it's almost like shooting your load before. You know, she even gets her panties off. So we haven't really time. we haven't advertised what the tiles will be, other than to the guy who's helping us with the art, you know, and the inner circle, the circle of trust. <laughs> but whore would be a good name for it. <laughs> Maybe we should reconsider that. <laughs> whore. Five minutes alone, drummer too. Can't leave out Jay. Three doors down. <laughs> just kidding. That's just three minutes alone. Three minutes alone. <laughs> it's gonna happen, man. I gotta keep my mouth shut. I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking anybody. Really close friends. Uh, I don't know if you if you know the guys with five minutes alone, but uh, we're doing a show with them this Saturday. Five minutes. But the drummer. <laughs> Who used to be our drummer, Fisk, he's starting another project because their singer isn't always available. So three of the guys are branching off and doing their own their own thing. And I, I call them uh, three minutes alone. <laughs> if you say it fast enough, it sounds really close to five minutes on. <laughs> three man boot copy. Five minutes till three. I'm, I'm trying real hard not to be the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Keep pushing that button. Hey, but in the name of humor. In the name of humor. <laughs> well, uh, I saw on um, Melissa Sullivan on your Reverb Nation, you guys have a Bow Hill mix. What's the story on that? And we're just going to talk about how that came up. Um, we were playing in Texas. Uh, Waco. Waco. And the venue owner had came in while we were playing, and he really dug one of our songs, or one song in particular. So you know, we gave we gave him a, a disc, and he turned it on to a DJ friend of his. He says, "Hey, give me a disc, and I'll I've got DJ friends, and you know he'll he'll spin it in, in Texas for you." Well, that guy, whenever he listened to it, he's like. Oh man, this is good shit. So he he was friends with Bo Hill, and 
he uh, so he gave it to Bo, and he he liked them, but he the the Iscariot mix that he did, he he liked that wasn't the song that the DJ was was singling out for. That was just another song on that list or on that disc. And whenever he called, he's like, "Man, uh, he, he said something." And he goes, well, what I'm saying is I think this shit is really good and I'd like to work with you guys on it. And I'm like, who the fuck is Bo Hill? <laughs> so, you know, Google is your friend. And then I found out that, you know, he worked with a lot of my favorite bands and, you know, and uh, won Grammys and shit. I was like, okay, I guess we will. Don't you change the meaning of that song. Because <laughs> I'm, because I'm an artist. <laughs> so that's the story. <laughs> well, on the stuff you got, the guy, the stuff you guys have done for this album, did you self-produce it, or do you have anybody else working with you? Or? Uh, we got Eric. Um, he's been the guy behind the Galil. I mean, we're, it's self-produced. Um, he's a, he's a buddy of ours that's, since Fist started. He helped, he did the recording on Fear, and uh, with the new stuff, he's like, man, I want an opportunity to, to work on this also because I've learned so much. And I'm like, hey man, the price is right too. <laughs> but no, he's just he's. He spends, he's, he's spent hundreds of hours on, on a, the, the compilation of everything that's been done. And there's still, you know, a lot of final mixes and stuff that needs to be done, but just he puts in the, the time it takes to, to make us sound good. It's really dedicated. <laughs> yeah. Eric could, yeah. I didn't say his last name, but Eric He has a sister named Robin. I just have to say that. People love it. Robin Hood. <laughs> That's a girl's name. Yeah. It could be a boy's name, too. I just always love that I had a schoolmate named see, Robin Hood. I don't see why like that is even relevant. You're not being it's gender just, fluid. You're not being gender <laughs> well, fluid. the name was right cool. It's just not, it's not politically correct. Robin <laughs> never caught shit for that ever. <laughs> yes. I should have just said yes. Are you needing your hat? No, I'm looking at those turtles over there. The I'm sorry, is Jason boring you? No. <laughs> I had that effect on most people, sorry. So tell us what are the turtles' names? Actually, I would need my daughter for that. The three-legged one is, uh, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I, I can tell you the four the four small ones are is Michelangelo, Donatello, oh, okay. and the other two. <laughs> <of course. laughs> Uh, the other ones, my my youngest girl, she she names them all, and we've got she, we got a baby possum at the house. That when she got it, it was I mean, it's yay big. It wasn't even crapping on its own. She had to massage the belly. And I got, she got a rabbit. She's got dogs and more dogs. Can you buy a possum as a pet, or did you just find it? No. Well, I'm sure you can, but. Uh, no, this is redneck country. Okay. 
if you swerve just right, you can kill the mom and go hunt down. Right. You can hunt down all the babies. <laughs> now, she, some kid brought a litter of nine to school because he had shot their mom. Thank you. Okay. Uh, and he did whatever. I mean, you know, he was doing what possums do, and so he shot it. And then found out it was a mother of nine. Uh, just, you know, so there's no legal ramifications, I won't say his name. <laughs> That's probably safe. <laughs> well, uh, you had a question on the way here, and I don't think we should ask it, because I think it would be amazing. Oh, yeah. I guess this would probably be for you. Maybe you've been around a while. Like, when you first made the shirts that say Get Fisted, did, like, your moms or grandmas or anyone get offended? <laughs> Um, or, you know, you made a point they might not even catch the you get that from I'll, let, I'll let Andy speak for his side as far as his mom. As I don't know that he's in showed her the shirt. <laughs> I think I could remember a time when she thought it meant like something like get fisted meant that a hand would work up my ass and it would work like a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> She made it some kind of reference towards puppetry. <laughs> and I tried to explain her that it was, uh, not only is it for the music part of it, but it's also, you know, a sexual window window. Let's face it. Uh, and, you know, of course, she thought it was brilliant, but my mom's a very Christian woman, and uh, she tries to keep her opinions to herself when it comes to me because <laughs> she doesn't want to, you know, give me a complex. Now, as far as my family, they embraced it. In fact, my niece, we were playing at a at a venue in Tulsa, and we had the get fisted shirts, and that was you know that was the cry call, get fisted. And she goes like, yeah, elbow deep. So then we went and got uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> arm sleeves with get fisted, elbow deep. <laughs> but I mean, our fan base. I mean, I I call us blue collar rockers because. Everyone still has to put in their time during the week to, to do what we love, you know, in the band. And our fans are the same way. So whenever we're playing our shows, we, we try to leave it all up there. And I thought when, when we have an opportunity to play a, a long set, not just like the 25, 30-minute sets of Rocklahoma, but whenever we get to play an hour and a half, two hours, you know, we do our damnedest to wear the motherfuckers out. And to me, that's getting tested. Because when the night's over, you had more than your share of beer, and you've sang to practically every song, and that's that's kind of... And then the innuendo stuff. It can make you feel awkward, though. It was at Rocklahoma. It was, hadn't been with the band, what? Four months, maybe? Yeah. And your brother was there. And, of course, I walk out on the stage, and I was at the retro stage. And I said... Does everybody want to get fisted tonight? And I said, I know I do. <laughs> and the whole place got quiet. <laughs> and then your brother, after it was all over, said, Man, I probably, let me give you a word of advice. It's probably, you probably shouldn't say that. Well, I will say this just like anytime you're on stage, timing is everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you see two guys walking by with assless chaps and old. Leather police hats, you don't want to say, hey, get fisted. I mean, unless that's your deal, but. Which I saw that at this year's Rock Moment. 
didn't want to, but <laughs> passed but by. You couldn't, you couldn't turn away. away. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Were they wearing to get fisted shirts? No, they weren't. No, no. But uh, so anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there. But you know, it, it is. It's right at that level of, of not necessarily clean by any means, but it's not really nasty. Yeah. You know, just but it does invoke the question. And I've gotten asked more and more when I'm off the stage or hear other people tell me about them getting asked, what is this get fisted all about? They may not even see the name of the band on the back, but they read the front and they're like, What the hell? Especially if there's like you know, a dozen people running around with get fisted shirts. And children. So it involves a question. It's like the long beard. A everyone from eight year olds to 108 year olds want to touch the beard. <laughs> and it doesn't matter where, where I'm at. So it's, you know, it's an icebreaker or whatever. And same way with the, the smoking. <clears throat> yeah, I've been standing in concert lines waiting to get in the show. And people just out of the blue don't know who I am, just want to take his picture with me because yeah. the shirt says get fisted yeah. <laughs> so it's open to interpretation yeah yeah of course i'll agree only if they take a picture of the back because it says fisted rage on there as well <laughs> i think the job is done i get teased a lot with people that aren't familiar with our music but they're familiar with me and i, I work at a bar where there's a little bit of an older crowd so the men in there get fisted huh you know, yeah and that's profiling that's great <laughs> <laughs> but at the times when I've heard the crowd chant, you know, get fisted, elbow deep, it's badass. Yeah, it's yeah. great to hear you do that. I'm a very visual guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it at that. Well, I guess you should have wore Schmitty backwards. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Wrapping around my leg. Well, you're a visual guy, you... I've seen a lot of, besides just rock along, I've seen a lot of pictures of you dressing up different, different ways. Is that something just out of the blue, you decided to do one time and you just change it up every show or what? Uh, it's okay. Just be honest with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I really want to be an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> Deep down inside... I mean, working for a guy, making chocolate, just sounds like a lot of fun. Getting fisted. <laughs> and getting fisted. <laughs> and, and getting fisted by Charlie. But I, really though, I think um, I, I've talked to a lot of, I would say a lot, I'll say five singers. And I, I'm a fan of music, first and foremost, big time. And if I love a song or a band, I'll act like an idiot. And I've noticed that looking at some bands and the seriousness that they take, because it's pride. A lot of bands have pride. And, but a lot of I that. Don't have to worry about that here. A lot of that, I mean, I can see how singers have, uh, you know, they have an ego. Look, Bill Selmo, and I mean, that guy, it, it comes out of his. Yeah, we can't even hang with him anymore. It's just. Pores. It's just, it gets on my nerves. Just how serious do you want to be? How much of a rocker do you think you are? And then you compare it to my life, which I love rock and roll, and I love being in fists and get up on stage and sing and tell people to kiss my ass and 
it's wonderful. But and then I go home and I do the, the father, the kid thing, and and then I go to school at night, and then I work a job during the day, and then I then I try to fit everything else in my life that matters to me. And then when I go up on stage, if I don't do something that breaks monotony, makes me think that this is not a job, then I'll fail. So I, it's a real serious thing that's not so serious. Well, I, I know the first night he auditioned, he came over, and of course we sung a little bit. We were tuned up a lot higher back then. Oh, and my God. I, so we were sitting around like this and just getting to know each other, drinking some beer. And I won't even talk about you know the shoes and the pants he was wearing, but... yeah. <laughs> One of the things that struck me was his background in theater and theater performance, which, as far as I'm concerned, if you're a frontman, it does not hurt to have theater background, you know, because you're still playing a role, even if you truly believe what you're doing, you know, you're still entertaining. But for Andy, it's, it allows him to, he don't have to worry about what other people think if he's being him and dressing up in the crap that he does it's entertaining for us but I, th I think it it helps him push the weight of every day off of him and because he loves theater I like to push the envelope too I like to push it to the to the point quick to the point to the point no faking cooking them seeds like a pound of bacon burning them no no and no <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick with my answer. I think I know you. <laughs> I mean, what's the next one going to be? I mean, is I, am I, gonna I know be the a... first time he did a show with us, he was so fucking nervous that he, I, yeah, I'm not going to say. Oh my God. But anyway, oh, Memorial Lounge, was, wasn't it? Yeah. Shit. He was extremely nervous. He, he, he was trying to play a role uh, of, you know, a lead singer in a band. And I think, I think, as far as a full-blown band, this is the first band you've been in. Yeah. I mean, so he had all these ex expectations and stress on him. But uh, as we got to know each other, and and I'm not taking credit, but I do try to push myself back and say, just be Andy. And the next thing I know, he's wearing Marilyn <laughs> Maryland costumes, Oompa Loompas. In fact, whenever he wore the, uh, not emo, with the Eeyore. Eeyore. We were setting up, and I looked back behind the stage, That's and I seen this Eeyore costume. I was like, great. We're going to bust our ass out here, you know, try, try to win these people over, and some guy's going to put on a stupid fucking costume, <laughs> and without any work is going to steal our fucking thunder. <laughs> And so I get finished setting up, and Andy starts singing. I turn around, he's in a fucking Eeyore costume. I'm like, well, okay, well, at least that works for our benefit. What's your favorite one so far you've done? Um, well, like it's, I would probably have to say Maryland's my favorite because it's simple and it's weird and bizarre, but there's not a whole lot to Maryland, so... But Maryland's definitely my favorite because I like having the tits on me and the way it makes me feel. <laughs> I'd have to second that. I like having tits on me too. And, and the guys, I like to put you know money down my boobs and lift up my skirt and grab the ass cheeks. And he's like, don't forget getting twisted. It does have a big booty. And so you've got a huge ass on it. Of course, my girlfriend, future wife, believes that that's totally uncalled for because we're talking about women who's gender fluid. 
So if a guy finds me attractive, she's a jealous. She's just jealous. I think uh, I think on our our fifth book last year at Rocklahoma during uh, all the mud mudlahoma and shit that uh, we got a video on there because we're all just bunched up in the RV and uh, he's got Marilyn on drunk as shit mm. and yelling at anybody and in fact he was do- we re- we was recording him and we were laughing so we were playing it back well he was still yelling at people and then he heard this recording going on he was like so, oh some motherfuckers trying to get it on <laughs> he thought they were uh, yelling at myself so he continued to yell continued. <laughs> at himself yeah screaming my like a screaming goat <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame you don't have it on your phone. That's great. My phone? Yeah, we could all bring it up and enjoy it. It's on Facebook. On nice our That's what I said. It's on Facebook. Yeah. Um, it's Facebook. Facebook, sorry. Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, we're vain when it comes to that. <laughs> as far as your guys' sound goes, it's uh, pretty heavy, but at the same time, it's got melodicness to it. And... I think that's pretty cool because, you know, you guys can do like you're opening for Bullet Boys. You can turn around and open for someone heavy, kind of cross genres like that. Was that something that you decided to do early on or is that just the sound that came natural to you? That's just the sound. Yeah. Uh, I've always been under under the impression that if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then why the hell should anyone else? So I, I write what I think I would like and I think we play what we what we like and and there's something beautiful about simplicity it you know nothing against all these guitar gods out there but you don't have to do a million notes and you don't have to scream beyond uh, comprehension to get your point across that uh, you're you're angry about something you can just sing about it yeah and I get I get more comments about that, about the fact that we may have a song that just, music-wise, it opens up real heavy, and then whenever Andy starts singing, they can actually understand the, the lyrics. And, I mean, it's not just, you know, old people, but it does spread from, you know, teenagers up to 50-somethings and, and more who still like that music, but they've gotten tired of not being able to understand what they're, you know, what they're singing. Yeah. And that's that's one of the, the feedbacks that I've gotten, but which is positive. I mean, it's good that it, but it just happens to be the way we do it. It's the way I was raised. <laughs> well, uh, of all the you know, of all the bands you guys have opened for, uh, any like crazy stories? Was anybody like a huge dick or a huge just awesome, like, um, super awesome, or anything? I'll say <laughs> now. I will say, as far as dicks go, Motley Crue has it. Even though we were working the show, they have hands down as far as dicks, except for uh, Mick Mars. But uh, as far as as other bands, in my opinion, they've all been fucking gracious. I honestly, I think at this stage of the game, yeah, even the even the ones that are you know, don't have to write an album because they've got all the money they need. 
I think most of them, at least that we've dealt with, have appreciated because the the rock genre has taken such a hit in the last ten years that um, they're just glad people are showing up. Andy's got some really good. Hell yeah, my favorite by all time. They were the nicest group of guys. Yeah. And very outgoing, and they weren't douchebags at all. You wouldn't even know that they were in a band. Chad came out after Cemetery Hero, and we we got off stage and and came up to Andy and was just praising his vocals. I got red cheeks. It was which which was awesome. I don't mean to keep cutting you off at your story, but uh, it was awesome because Cemetery was written was inspired by. Um, Dimebag, and then opening up for Hell Yeah with Vinnie Paul, and then having Chad come out and you know make make it make a point to come out and and compliment Andy went miles for him too. The lead singer of Saliva hit on my girlfriend. Well, next time show up with Marilyn, he'll hit on you. Oh yeah, and we not necessarily. Opening with or for any band, but at Rockahoma a couple of years ago, was real disappointed uh, because we were setting up during the time Kill Devil Hill was playing, mm. and I wanted to see them that like the whole weekend. That was the band I wanted to see, and we couldn't. And then our set got pushed back a couple of hours, and lo and behold, who was in our audience singing our songs yeah. back yeah, to us right. and getting the crowd to sing with them? Yeah. Yeah, and what was cool about that is he never heard us, and he was singing our songs. Yeah, and I think that gets back to what you was talking about how we come off a little the singer for oh, Kill Devil Hill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how we come off, a, we can come off a little heavy, mm-hmm. but when yeah. the vocals are new, it can also you know it broadens the horizon mm-hmm. to where you know he never heard us before, but he's out there in front of the stage. Fucking horns up and yeah. singing, singing the lyrics. Yeah, that's awesome. that was that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, you said something a minute ago about how, you know, rock's taking such a hit that everybody seems, you know, pretty gracious these days. It's, that reminds me of that Dave Elsh from Megadeth. He was on the podcast and he he said that kind of thing. It's like, you know, everybody kind of is just they know they need to be cool now, and all the assholes have just weeded themselves out and if if you're supposed to be here then if you're here you're supposed to be here so that's kind of cool and hopefully that'll kind of you know raise it back up in a way well I don't think I don't believe rock's dead I don't think rock is going to die but everything does work in cycles Mm -hmm. and you can only hear I don't care if it's rock music rap or whatever you can only hear the same sounding stuff so much before you fuck it. Let's turn on some Hank Jr. That never gets yeah, old. Yeah. You know, or, or Waylon, Waylon Jeans. Or Vanilla Eyes. You know? Don't yeah, you, you can't you can't never get old of that one song. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there there's room for it because music is a form of, of expression. And, you know, if rock and roll ain't anything else, it's at least, you know... A, a way to, to, for me, to all the negative stuff that you go through in life. Very, very seldom does something good happen. I'm like, oh, I want to write a song about that. Yeah. You know, shiny, happy people. Usually, something happens that's that's tragic or whatever, 
and it, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a, a sad song, but it's inspired by a tragedy. And rock, most rock and roll that that I play around with is based around that. So as long as humans are humans, there's always room for that. Yeah, there's always needed. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, you were managing before you start playing bass, or at least for the band. Yeah. Like, when you came into band, was that, you're still managing, right? <laughs> Um, I think it's a group effort. We all work together. You know that big uh, trucker hat you see in there? We, yeah. we all put our heads under that and stick oh. it. That's why we got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't, like a, it wasn't a hard transition at all? Uh, it, it's still a hard transition. <laughs> no, I, uh, I can't help but try to, you know, put things together for the band. Yeah. She, you might as well tell her to stand up to pee. They just hang on the hand. <laughs> we, we were talking with uh, Pavement Records, and we started, you know, with this response from them. And it's a long narrative of what we have done or accomplished in our eyes. And after reading it, I'm like, why the fuck do we need them all we you know we yeah. got paulette she's, she's super impressive she, you know you can't beat her off with t- two hands <laughs> i had to get that in there but no you she just she's got the never <laughs> she don't take no for an answer so it, it's a hard transition for her because i didn't want a band member to be the manager i wanted her to be a buffer but i can't find anyone who has that passion that she has to that I would even consider. Well, who will work for free? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, like Hey, just be glad I ain't charging. This show is Bullet Boys. That's a it's a Max Baker production and when I first met Max, I'd have to I don't know how many shows I'd just go to and pop up and be like, Hi Max, have you heard of these guys? It's this great over and over, over I'd give him a CD. Until finally, he was like, okay, <laughs> I'll give you guys a chance. <laughs> Need to sell 100 tickets. <laughs> no. He, that's whenever he gave us the Lynch Mob show yeah. in Oklahoma City. And we went out and, and leased a bus, sold seats on the bus, filled the bus full of beer, and, and the ticket got you there, all the beer you could drink there and back while it lasted. Wow. It, oh, it yeah. got you from point Here's A to point shit. B in, in the club and then back. Yeah. And, uh, Did you we, lose money on that deal? No. 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 And we showed up with, well, that, that bus was full. Oh, we filled that Plus, bus. Plus, we had vehicle, packed yes. vehicles uh, caravanning. Yeah, we, yeah. And we bought, we had more people <laughs> initially, you know, in our crowd than, than Lynch Mob did. Absolutely. And the look on their faces when, this bus full of people start piling through and, and like most the band's of here again, and again, and again. <laughs> Sorry about that, but we're all here. It was a great party. Afterwards, though, when we went back out to the bus, the bus driver hadn't opened it up yet, and it looked like a sea of seals or you know, walruses laying on the sidewalk. Everybody was passed out next to the bus. It was 
<laughs> there was a sign. Apparently, it was from there, from oh, here. I didn't know they closed it too. Oh my gosh! I saw so many things happen from that group of people from that bus. What happened in Oklahoma City came back on the bus. Is all I'm saying. Somebody got AIDS. <laughs> Somebody got fisted. That's a, that's a great idea too. That's awesome. I saw you guys do that uh, float trip. Yeah, or at least you had for a while. I don't know if you're still doing it, but yeah, yeah we do it annually. The date hasn't been carved in stone, but uh, this summer yet. But uh, really, I just coordinate and coordinate dates. It's Josh's fault. I mean, he uh, <laughs> yeah, goes he's he's, all, he's always going to some fucking festival. Six other bands, <laughs> two jobs, Colonics. ten kids. <laughs> No kids. Well, no, yeah, no, you pay for. Josh is sweet for me. I got things going on each each weekend. Got two gigs with these guys, and I'm going to Chicago for the Chicago Open Air Festival in two weeks. And home to uh, I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin, so I'm going home at the end of the month. The Chicago show is gonna be uh, badass. Family reunion and yeah. training camp. Gotta get that in. So. Training camp. Yep. <laughs> Little uh, cheese curds come back. Get another twenty pounds or so. Gonna get Andy hooked on cheese curds. I'm down, dude. <laughs> Getting back that twenty five pounds. Shit, I don't want to get the plaque flowing, heart palpitating, be up there on stage being some kind of Oompa Loompa or some kind of gnome, and just have a massive myo- myocardial infarction. <laughs> It's okay. He's just playing, Dad. <laughs> I mean, if I ever, if, if it ever happens, I know the band will still love me. But THC, the, he just fires them if he doesn't like what they say. I'd have to just live with it. They'd be making fat jokes. <laughs> it never stops. Uh, of course, it's always about how the front man's supposed to look. Yeah. I just, you know. There's another reason why I dress up. To hide my fat. To insulate myself from the band's ridicule. And it hurts me because I do. I don't know why it hurts you. Your opinion doesn't matter to us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys are so mean. I got them a $500. You can only hurt the people you love. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I had a thing for this guy at first. Like I said, the first audition, just the the wacky ass white buckle Tom T Hall shoes, or whatever they were. That's what I, that's what's burned in my head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then he's got these uh, story time with Andy Chapman. You Google that shit oh or YouTube God. that shit that summer. <laughs> he's got this song that we we played at several shows Mike Strange it's an acoustic thing that uh, he really should have brought you acoustic you busted that for him yeah a guy I knew he liked to sleep around with all my buddies wives and uh, you know he got caught finally and you know ostracized but not before he pounded all the ladies flesh (laughs) (laughs) I had to make a song Dedicated to Mike Strange, and this guy was just a dirty dog. It's dirty. That's a great song. <laughs> you know, 
Log up your daughters, because Mike Strange is coming into town. This guy. <laughs> and he wasn't all that good looking either. He just found a way in. Next thing you know, he's in the barn pumping in a sweat and your woman. Let's hear a line or two. <laughs> let's see, how's, how's, how's the first line go? <laughs> I want to rub my nuts and create static on your cunts. I'm Mike Strange. Hey, you need some eyeball salve? Come rub your eyeball on my gnats. I'm Mike Strange. There you go. That's just one little verse. That's awesome. Yeah. Came from the heart. The subconscious. The subconscious. Google. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it's on Google, is it? Mike Strange is kind of a hidden track. I don't think it exists on the internet, really. It does. It does? Put it as a hidden track on yeah. this. It'd be the one where you had to like wait 10 minutes and fast forward, you know, and then it would start up. Okay, who's talked? No, remember when we were in Texas? Great, now I have to find new musicians. And I videotaped it and then Facebook Oh. Oh, yeah. I thought I should take it off Waco. because of my mother. Or not Waco. Uh, she had told you. She's just just pain in the ass. Now my mom's going to stop. Because your mom and my exchange of hooked up? No. Not my niece. No. At the same Have place you know where the uh, terrorists went in there and killed all the people on the thing, on the, on the base, and then they said it's workplace. Work in place. Fort Gibson? Is it Fort Gibson? No. Fort something. In Texas, right? That was yeah. that day that, yeah. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the word. Well, that that's like the first time the word cunt has ever been on a podcast, so I'm loving that. That's great. Was that so? So it's now officially been on there twice because you just said it. twice. It just doubled. Yes. Man, it just uh, doubled yeah. in like fifteen seconds. It's okay. Can you just say like that was descriptive? Like you weren't really saying it. You were just. Oh boy. Yeah. I want to. I want to say she was yeah. nice. Uh, no, she was a cunt. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> I thought we were playing a Family Feud. That was my answer. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Survey says 50% dead. (laughs) Top 10 derogatory terms for women. Yes. Start with C. Mm -hmm. Ready? Go. Come quiet. Come quiet. What was I supposed to do? (laughs) Whatever the heck is. Yeah. Wrong sign. You're going to see wrong sign. Yeah, actually, um, my wife and I have seen them a bunch of times, yeah. um, and uh, we saw that they were coming to uh, Chicago, their only U.S. appearance, and I told her, she's like, we got to buy the tickets, and we actually bought the tickets before they uh, announced the rest of that ridiculous lineup there, because yeah. that was kind of a bonus, yeah. and, we, and me and her kind of got the, uh, the um, mentality of life's too short by the tickets, so we try to like go to every concert we can, you know. Not too many people come through Tulsa, so we try to like put them all on. Hey, I've got, see the I've got tickets and, uh, to uh, Bullet Boys. Bull <laughs> Yeah. You know, just, just anybody you know, that comes through that's worth seeing, you know. And Can you say the word bonus? I, I really oh, like uh, like heavy death metal stuff, you know, and stuff like that. Unfortunately, not a lot of those bands come through here, so yeah. I'm kind of, you know, trying to go wherever I can, you know, the Bone City Seals kind of band stuff. I think everybody here has got different influences. You know, I'm just kind of into the... He's a traveling fan. I'm more excited to see Meshuga and Ojira than Rammstein. Rammstein's like the, like the uh, cherry on the cake. Yeah. You know? 
couple of the bands. Is yeah, yeah, that's I've that's seen Carcass. I've never seen Carcass. That's been a big fan. Like Ramen Noodles. 15 years, I don't know, 20 years. So. He's talking like his two Exodus times. or something like that. <laughs> What's up? Wasn't there a crash man like Exodus or Overkill or there was an Exodus. <laughs> Helmet is going to be I'm still, I'm still master, still kicking. Yeah. That should be a good time. Really excited about it. Bonus. You'd see Corey Taylor in a neck brace. It'd be great. What's on the line you now? Yeah, neck surgery. I've had two neck surgeries, so I didn't kind of relate to that, so. You guys. Uh, you guys can bond. All the way down the back here. You can spinal bond. The spinal, spinal bond, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the new guy. What did you do before? Um, I moved here, uh, from Chicago about six years ago. Um, kind of played, I dicked around a country band, country cover band, which I don't like to say anything, but now Vernon knows. That means I'm going to be out of the band next week. Um, I played, uh, <laughs> um, just okay. basically played some like original cover bands in Chicago. Um, I played a metalcore band in Atlanta for like, four years. Um, for that, uh, I lived in Wisconsin and I was in a uh, band called Bleed and Crawl, two different names, and that was like 20 years ago. Um, we were signed, did some touring, lived in a band for like, you know, a couple of years, did uh, two war tours, played the Metal Fest and all that stuff. That was kind of fun, you know. And then I just got, met my wife and just got away from it for a while, and then I just decided that uh, I was talking to, I was talking to a friend that I worked at when I worked at GameStop, and uh, he wanted to start a band again. And got into that. And that was in Atlanta. And I bought bought drums, like kind of learn relearned how to play and stuff like that. And, um, ended up playing, you know, for a good four or five years with them. I'm down, down in Atlanta, a band called Terra Enigma. It's a great video game on the N64. But that was kind of cool, you know. I've just moved around a lot. My wife is uh, going to school. Um, she's got a PhD, doctorate, and stuff. So we ended up moving here. She got a job at Phillips, and just kind of this is where we are now. And, uh, Bring home, brings home the bacon. <laughs> you know, and then Paula was kind of harassing me for I want some bacon about six, eight months about kiss to rage. And then one night we were both just uh, ripping the hell of this band on stage. She's like, "You should come try out." I'm like, "Well, send me what? What was it? Five, ten songs?" Yeah. And I was like, "Well, give me like four well, five this shit's days. easy." Yeah, he said, "He said give me four or five days." <laughs> And yeah, I came in and kind of nailed them. I didn't know what to think about Vernon at first, but... You know, like, it, it always hurts until the muscle in your throat relaxes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got fisted the first night. Yeah. And then, um, you know, after uh, I wanted to be back um, for another audition, I came back uh, and we jammed some more and then eventually I was worth the hour and a half drive for Andy's show. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, oh, by the way, Andy, like this is Josh. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy. I, this is a lot of fun, and these guys are great. I mean, I really enjoy just hanging out. I mean, the music's like secondary to me. I'm just like hanging out with these three other three people here. We get naked. <laughs> yeah. If you guys weren't here, we got the mat down. to get you right here. Naked Twister. I always think I, I'm all, I'm, I'm a, the person that says everything happens for a reason. And we went through some drummers auditioning then, trying to find the right shoe. And I don't know, Josh and I hit it off. Andy and Josh, oh my gosh, they're like separated twins. 
And then V in the three of these guys, the camaraderie they have, you know, they're all jokers. They all are comedians. My God. And it's just, it's a good, there's some good dynamics happening. First off, what I say is serious. It's not a joke. I am still a girl, though, so sometimes the jokes aren't that So she funny. cries every 28 days. Honestly, every 25. I am not an animal. I am a sexual ogre. <laughs> but it's okay. She don't want the hose again, so she puts the lotion on. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just ate this whole package of fucking trident, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Swallowed it too? No, not yet. No, that that has calories. You just want to chew it. Just got to read You got to do something. That's right. (laughs) If they would just make them rappers unzip, you'd be at home. How long did the beard take to get that length? Man, if it, it's a glue on. If I sleep, <laughs> if I sleep late, if I sleep late and don't have a chance to shave, it's here again. Nice. <laughs> it's like a yeti under that shirt. Nah, but this isn't the first beard I've had. <laughs> I, I burnt it off. I had my youngest daughter pulled half of it out to where it's bleeding. That's when I shaved it, and then I. I was coaching my kids' sports back when they were little. That was like, I was nine. And all the soccer moms were like, oh, I can't believe you shaved your beard. Like, I'm going to grow back, don't worry. (laughs) And soccer dad's like, yeah, you better grow that back. (laughs) And now he uses it to savor the flavor. She called him bullshit on my story. (laughs) That's worse shit. (laughs) <laughs> okay, you're not in our circle of trust. Yeah, encrypted damn code. Over here, Jason. Right now, we're just a triangle of trust. She just told me the name of your album. Slipped it in there. Yeah, I was glad. I'm glad I'm in the circle of trust now. Well, I, didn't even, I didn't even. I wasn't even in the band until after Rock Home was done. Well, it was Sunday of Rockwell, yeah. wasn't it? That's yeah. I was gonna say you're not. You're that, not that's not totally that. true. We were still at Rock Home, <laughs> yeah. and our last slot got. Pushed back so far, we weren't going to play. I was like, well, you stayed this long, I guess you can be in the band. Do we have to use a circle as a geometric shape? It's a commonality. Yeah. We can't we use like a polynomial or something. I like that shape. Polynomial. <laughs> of trust. Too many corners. Every corner represents a person. I don't have that big of a fan base. It's the circle of trust because it never ends. You know, if it's a, you have a shape, yeah. you know, it's gone. <laughs> hey. It breaks, you know, for And now you know. And now it's half the battle. G.I. Joe. And that circle of trust eventually dies down. Because <laughs> <laughs> present company excluded, no one's perfect. That's right. Your company, not my company. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm going to go back over on the other side now. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, we're good. We got it. <laughs> we ran out of tape 45 minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's been flashing for 
You're supposed to be pushing record. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Fuck. We'll, 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 Can we do this Friday? Hey, so, you know, when is this going to be released? Um, I don't know yet. Probably okay. Monday. Okay. So it's pointless to say we've got a show this Saturday at Billy and Renee's. Yeah. Okay. Well. We had a show Saturday at Billy and Renee's. <laughs> it was you guys all missed it. Awesome. It was great. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> you would not believe how many people were there. I had eight. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> but you're good now. Well, I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. So seven people there went crazy. We're going to be in uh, Oklahoma City Limits July 23rd playing with the Bullet Boys. Got tickets for sale. We're going to get smooth up in you. I had Tiger yeah. Boys. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Fifteen dollars for the GA. We've got some for twenty dollars for VIP tickets, but it's a limited supply through the band. Um, Chasing Jenny's going to be there. Uncle Freddie is another featured band that's I think going to be the main opening headliners for. Are we the only Odd Ducks out on that naming the bands type thing? I mean, Chasing Jenny, Uncle Fred. I mean, it sounds like you know. Like but a no, bad deliverance. But no. Yeah, they're clear. Fist over clear. clear. <laughs> <laughs> Fist over clear. It's the mic's ring that we do. That's right. You right. should. I really think you should. We fuck all the ladies. <laughs> no, I'm just, just our best friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to do this. Thank you. There you go. Fist of Rage, V, Paulette, Andy, Josh, all four of them, thank you very much for taking the time out of your evening. I'm sure we pushed their practice back by an hour or so, but you yes. know, hopefully they thought yeah. it was worth it like we did as well. Yeah, we apologize, but yeah, we thought it was worth it. And, you know, <laughs> uh, we had some laughs. Uh, you know, we got to thank them. They, you know, they had some beers. Yeah. You know, we, we had a few drinks. Uh, we talked about uh, gender fluidity. Uh, we said cunt a lot. <laughs> so it was great. Yeah. It was really cool. You can't ask for much more on a no, Wednesday night. No, you really can't. Talked about turtles. So <laughs> it was all good. Yeah. Yeah, He's you can't see, obviously, on the podcast, but he has a, a pretty good size aquarium full of turtles that we mentioned at one point. Yes. And it's pretty cool. Yes. And, uh, you know, July 23rd, Oklahoma City, they're opening for Bullet Boys. You guys need to be there, and uh, we might have some tickets to give away. Yeah, we we got to figure out uh, still, how we want to do it. Yeah, we're still figuring out how to do that. And yeah. We should know here in the next couple of days this week. So that's right. Be on the lookout for that. You can win a couple tickets to Bullet Boys, courtesy of Fist of Rage and Thunder Underground. Yeah, and this shit isn't going to be easy, people. We're going to make you work for it. Yeah, it's going to be something. Just stay tuned. It might be to go back through. <clears throat> All 75 episodes and count up how many times Jason has said fuck. Um, that's going to be a lot. Yeah. Someone might, if someone does, well, someone doesn't have time to listen to 75 episodes and figure yeah, it out. Because that, that'd take quite a while. Right. But yeah, anyway, again, like we said, thanks to yeah. all four members of Fist of Rage. We had a great time. Looking forward to seeing them live and talking to them again down the line. And like I said, Fist of Rage, they're on Facebook. They're on Reverb Nation. They've got some live videos on YouTube. You can check them out. Got some great music. And, you know, while you're checking things out, follow us on Facebook. Get on our website. It's thethunderunderground.com. We're on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and Periscope as well. Yeah. And we're also obviously on SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com backslash thunder underground. 
we've got a ton more episodes obviously 74 more we've had on people from sons of texas battlecross crowbar warrant europe insight drowning pool yeah megadeth um active defiance yes i said megadeth but formerly of megadeth there you um, go <laughs> i'm just thinking of what i write in the press things you know, overkill sounds good yeah <laughs> murder fm scattered hamlet that's right Speaking of Scattered Hamlet, we just saw them last night. I'm saying this ahead of time. You know? That's right. They kicked ass, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you they kicked That's ass. That's right. Hopefully, uh, we'll elaborate that on more on that next time because I, I'm drawing a blank right now exactly what happened. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and we, we've, you know, like this is uh, Fist of Rage. We've had a lot more uh, regional, local acts. We've had Driver, uh, Chad Malone from Senior Fellows. Yeah. Uh, Nine from Dead Metal Society. Scott and Jana from uh, uh, Rocket Science. And previously Down for Five, yeah. Yeah, Down for Five. Uh, you know, we Cody Jason. Slane. Yeah, from Blackwater Rebellion yeah. and Scorned. And then we had Jason Gilardi, who's in Deadmall Society. That's and he right. was in Caroline Spine for the bulk of their yeah. existence. And then he, who else? We had on two of the dudes from, from Severmind, Stacy and Derek. Yes, which we need to have them back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Try sure. to get the whole band on, or yeah, you know, yeah. And, and we even got like a few minutes with Eddie Trunk. Yeah, you know. But uh, right now, I want to just take a couple minutes. Uh, the last episode was uh, Jeff Sandoval and Mike Ariza, uh, and I just got their project playlist CD in the mail. Okay, and it yeah. kicks fucking ass. Yes, I mean, I, I, you know, turned it, cranked it way up in my house, and. The first two songs alone are worth eight bucks. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that was just a, a great episode and a great CD, and people need to go back and listen to that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah, great melodic hard rock. Yeah, just, uh, I think like I told Mike, chunky, slabby, tuneful as hell. I mean, just awesome stuff. Yeah. And he, uh, he told a, a story in the podcast about when they were recording Love, Life, and Beauty with Frank Hannon. And he said that the studio was freezing cold. You remember yeah. talking about that? And yeah. Like he was over there shivering or whatever. And then he sent me a message earlier today and said that he was digging through his stuff and found a video of them tracking that. And he was wearing a coat while he was recording. Nice. While he was playing guitar. <laughs> so there's your proof, I <laughs> that's guess. That's how cold it was. Yeah, yeah that's all right. Yeah. So go check that out. That's the episode directly before this one. Yes. Yep. Once again, thethunderunderground.com. Shoot us an email at thethunderunderground at gmail.com. If you have any comments and if you've got a band you want us to check out, do that as well. Well, we've got an episode coming up here in the next week or so with Crane Technique. Yes. We sat down with all four members of that band, as well as Chris from DMG Productions was there and he chimed in for a minute too. So that one's going to be coming up this next week. Looking forward to hearing that. Yep. And then we should have one with Scattered Hamlet, like I mentioned. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And then we've got two or three other things in the works. So Yeah, but we don't want to say nothing. Yeah. Because you never know. Right. Because, you know, it might... I should edit that thing out about, that I just said about Scattered Hamlet, right? Well, you never know. we got faith, though. Because, yeah, well, <laughs> you might want to edit it out because sometimes things don't... Things don't pan out. <laughs> Stu Ham... <clears throat> and, you know, it just falls apart. But that's okay. You know? There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. All right. Well, we appreciate you listening and us rambling here for five minutes about 
episodes that have happened or might not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Fist of Rage, and until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.